Welcome to another episode of Ruck Me Dead, the Batuta Advocates Rugby Podcast in partnership with Stan Sport. My name's Wendell Hussey and joining me after the Easter weekend is Errol Parker. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Mate, it was big, big weekend of domestic mm. rugby. There were some good games. Mm. There were some pretty average games. But look, I think we should jump straight into it because... The bloody Waratahs. They were trying to do their best Jesus impression and resurrect something on Friday evening, weren't they? And in the end, they just did their best Julius Caesar impersonation and get stabbed in the back by the fucking backs again. (laughs) Fucking backs always fucking it up. If you are a back, get up right now, take your headphones off, go and look in the mirror and just shake your head. And don't comb your hair while you're doing that because this is a moment of self-reflection. Exactly. Tried so hard, got so far, but in the end, it doesn't even matter for the Warriors. In the end, mate, you can just hustle all fucking game, just provide some quality ball, just the cleanest ball, you know, hatted ball. You Mm. know, this ball has been prepared by Michelin forwards. They Mm. just go out there and Michelin pigs. They put together the best ball. Then they just throw it to some back who just drops it or just disrespects the quality pill that's been given to him. Will Harrison with that kick on the buzzer to tie it up and send it to extra time. He's on the wrong side. Can he do it? Will Harrison. The strike is good, but it's away to the left. And the Brumbies... Somehow finish in front. Well, mate, it, it's happened to all of us. As a kicker, you mm. know, you take on the responsibility of getting your team through these tough passages of time. And unfortunately for Will, it just this week wasn't his week. They always say kickers win games. They don't lose your games, don't they? That's the old cliche that they try and cheer a kicker exactly, up with after mate. he misses that one. Yeah, unfortunate for him that he couldn't quite get it. Over. I did like seeing the boys get around him, though. I thought that was a really nice touch after he missed. All the boys get around him, you know, try and big him up, give him a little pat on the head, give him a little cuddle. Don't worry, Will. All good, mate. Um, Look, I think that's where we differ, mate. And I think that's where we can see our age brackets widen here is that I think, um, you know, as a forward, you do put in the hard yards for the full 80 minutes you know you had the uh, number three for the Waratahs Harry uh, Johnson Holmes Mm. scored a five-pointer I mean that's all that you want from your piggies is just to to give the backs some good ball and I I just think this is probably just another case of the backs throwing a game away yeah the backs fucking it up once again certainly is different to what happens here in the Batuta Advocate office I know when I accidentally put that tweet out on the Batuta Advocates uh, account with all that stuff about Anthony Albanese and his extracurriculars all that happened was you and Clancy fucking yelled at me for like 10 minutes no one was getting around me and giving me a little head rub for fucking up in my job which was which is uh, unfortunate. I think maybe next time if I accidentally do something like that again, maybe you could come around me and just big me up, Errol. Well, mate, there is a big difference between journalism and rugby in that one of these things ultimately matters to, you know, the ongoing mesh of society and one's mm. just, you know, as you said, a bit of extracurricular 
Yeah, 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 which we obviously can't speak about. Now, um, if he had kicked that, Will Harrison, we would have had our first golden point try, I believe. We would, yeah. Try time, mm-hmm. which would have been a bit of fun because obviously you can't just take the points to win the game. You've got to score that try, which would no. have been absolutely in the Waratahs' favour because they'd had that yellow card in the 73rd minutes of Brumby and then old Tommy Cusack with the big old brain snap slapping the ball down to uh, get yeah. himself sent off for the second. And then, and then look, love Tommy, but look, he had the hide then mm. to, to walk off the field shaking his head. I mean, in terms of guilty men in this country, he comes in a close third after Ivan Milat and Martin Bryan. I tell you yeah, what, yeah. he was guilty as sin. It was one of those brain fart moments, you know, like I probably had that six months ago when I got fucking really angry at my uh, my Reds. They, they fucked up and they lost a game and I accidentally threw the schooner glass at the wall above the TV and it shattered everywhere and everything. And it was just like, I just, I know I'd fucked up and everything and the bar yeah. staff were into me, but I just... Just a brain snap, you know. I just wasn't thinking, just a little moment of madness. And, and it leaves you shaking your head. I don't know, You just mate. go, why did I do that? That was so dumb. It was his second infringement yeah. of the night, which harks back to what I was saying earlier. You know, he's a serial offender like yeah, Ivan yeah. Milat, and, you know, just guilty in the end. Had to do his time, did yeah. the crime, and, you know, got marched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, I might be a one-eyed Brumbies fan, Wendell, but, you know... Rules are rules. Rules are rules. You're a stickler for it. That's an old... No, that goes back hundreds of years. If Webb Ellis himself had done that in the first ever game of rugby on this earth, he would have been red carded for that. Well, look, let's hope um, Tommy doesn't chop any of his fingers off and mail them out to the Referees Association this weekend. Well, you know, I wouldn't put it past Tommy. I I know that he loves his his PlayStation. Yeah, yeah. Ivan famously cut off one of his fingers in protest to get a PlayStation, so I guess, you know... Not too far removed. Please don't do that, Tom. If you're listening, we love you. <laughs> Keep all those fingers intact. They'll come in handy. The Waratahs after the loss. Obviously, look, got to give a bit of credit to the Waratahs. Um, yeah, mate, they dug deep. Not only for themselves, but I think they dug deep for Peter Fitzsimons. You know, he mm. told them over, over the weekend in Nine's Good Weekend magazine that, you know, they have to get mad. They have to dig deep. They have to get angry. You know, they have to, you know, really take it to the opposition. And they did it for Peter. They did it for the New South Wales Rugby Board. They did it for everyone, really, except for Coach Rob Penning, because if they were going to do it for him, they should have done it two fucking weeks ago. If you yeah, they did say. they After the game, they said, we did that one for Rob Penny. Yeah. Bit fucking late, boys. Bit late. Maybe like a month Rob's ago gone. when his job was on the line. Rob's, maybe you should have played for him then. Rob's packing up his house, boys. Yeah, yeah. He's gone. It's a, great that you played for him, but... Uh, He's back in his civvies, mate. He isn't going to be wearing that Waratah's bucket hat ever again. It's like having your relationship end unceremoniously and then going and losing a heap of weight, you know, getting that that revenge board and going Mm -hmm. out and then saying you were doing that for your ex. It's too late. It's too late. They're gone. She's moved on. Rob Penny's gone, boys. Rob Penny's gone and he's never coming back. Now you're going to get Michael Checker or maybe Eddie Jones. But I tell you what, mate, full house down there at the SCG, the premium place in mm. this country to watch a game of contact sport. Yep. What was it, four or 5,000? Yes, I think we got up there to 5,000. That's got to be a fucking record at the mm. SCG. Yeah, yeah, huge, huge numbers. Apparently, atmosphere was off the charts as well. As it always is at the SCG. Yeah. Um, I mean, outside of the first, second, third days of a test match or any Swans game, I can't imagine what... what atmosphere could be 
be top than yeah. what we had on Saturday night there. It's really up there for venues. Obviously, we've got the MCG, and then you have places like the Coliseum in LA, the Bernabeu, the New Camp over there in Spain, Stade France, all those venues. The SCG really is up there, so it's great that it they turned out to see. The Waratahs put in a much more inspired performance, and I know we give the Waratahs a lot of shit, but it is, it is nice to see the boys actually, I don't know, committing to playing rugby as it is their job. It's great to see them actually just go out there and go, you know what, I'm going to try and play as hard as I can because the last few weeks had been incredibly soft, as we've they, spoken about. Yeah. Yeah, Tars will have the bye week next week. There is no uh, news yet on who will be coaching them. Michael Checker has said, uh, no thanks, I don't want to catch that hospital pass. I might just uh, Fuck let no. that one go through, let that one become a bounce pass I mean, for someone else to run onto. Maybe Eddie Jones if he does indeed get sacked by next England. Next season. Yeah. It's got to be next season. I mean, at this point in time, you've, you've just got to get – one of the assistant coaches is going to become interim head coach mm. and then he'll do this for the rest of the season and the fucking board will sack him too. Yeah. And then, you know, you, you might get a marquee coach in, but that's if the better cows that the Waratahs have, if they get poached out of the team, then where do you go then? I mm. mean, it isn't like the Waratahs with their current rate, with, with their coaching and everything like this, it isn't like they're attracting big talent. I mean, really the only reason why you'd come and play for the Waratahs from interstate is if they were offering you a little bit more, which would make fuck all difference because you've got to move to Sydney. Yeah. The most expensive fucking shithole in the Southern Hemisphere. Yeah, interesting. I've been noticing Michael Checker on the stand doesn't tip, refuses to tip when everyone gives the tip before the game. Someone will say, you know, Waratahs by 13. Well, not Waratahs, sorry. They'll say Brumbies by 17 or yep. Reds by 21. Checker refuses to tip. He reckons it's a mug game. What do you reckon about that? Mate, I've always said this, but gambling is a tax on stupid people. Mm. I mean, there is absolutely no point. I mean, money is so hard to come by in this world. Why would you give it to some boorish pig mm. in charge of some betting organisation? Because you can get more back. You can get twice as much money. Mate, fucking put it literally anywhere else. I what mean, about tipping, though? Tipping? Yeah. What, for no, like... Yeah, just, just like, I reckon this team's going to win. He refuses to do it. It's pointless exercise. You reckon? I mean, what is the point? Oh, just a prediction? Just to going out on a limb, seeing what happens? Yeah, just to get the punter at home more involved, more engaged, being like, oh, if Michael Checker thinks that the fucking Reds are going to win by seven points. Yeah, then you dump the bloody house Fuck on. Fuck me dead. I mean, I mean, I can respect what Michael is doing here. I mean, he doesn't want people watching this game to be fucking caught up in betting and tipping and mm. losing money. It's just, just enjoy the game. Yeah. Christ. I yeah. mean, anyway. Speaking of enjoyable games, though, as a Reds fan, Saturday night was pretty good watching the boys from Queensland absolutely steamroll the Melbourne Rebels. There's plenty in some of these hits. O'Connor on the in ball, dummy for it. Now he releases the rampaging Daniel Tupo for try number two. Yeah, well, it was inevitable, wasn't it, mate? Mm. I mean, look, it's just going into this game, did you think anything else was going to happen? Look, I thought this would be a stern test. I really did. But I think maybe like the Rebels have just been brick walling and brick walling and brick walling all season long. And then maybe it just gets a bit tiring, you know, just like shutting down in defense, kicking the ball down the other end of the park, playing up in their face, just taking the points all the time. Maybe it's just worn the Rebels down. That's what it looked like because they got shell-shocked and they were a bit like, oh, fuck, we don't know what to do here. Leaked some quick points. Like the Reds were up 21-0, 15 minutes They in. were up five 
after five. Mm. Uh, be, you know, thanks to the intercept from our friend Hunter Pisanami. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, mate, the fucking, the Rebels were flogged by James O'Connor. He played out of his skin yeah, again. Yeah. He's really coming of age. I, yeah. I know that we hark on about this every week, but look, James O'Connor played out of his skin, absolute out-and-out footballer. He's a grown-up now, mm. and he's come a long way. And, you know, look, he is on his way to fulfill his destiny that was placed upon his poor shoulders at, mm. when he was 15 or 16 years old that he was going to be one of the greatest fly halves <laughs> that this country has ever produced. And he's on the way. Yeah, look, weird that it wasn't a great idea telling this 17-year-old kid that he was the best player in yeah. the world and just handing him the keys to the kingdom. But We're going to pump your head up until you start speaking mm. and referring to yourself in the third person. And which you just don't do in this country. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you can do it in America, perhaps in England, but if you refer to yourself in the third person on this continent, yes. you automatically get painted with the flog brush. Yeah. Immediately painted. But it's kind of worked out for his brand in the long run. Oh, maybe. Yes. Was it a long play? Do you reckon there was an agency behind this, the great James O'Connor play? I would doubt it because if there was, they've done a terrible job. Mm. I think this has been a, a long road of self-discovery yeah. that James O'Connor has been on. And he's only halfway down this road. Yeah. Who knows where this road is going to end for James O'Connor. He mm. could be lifting the World Cup. He could be lifting the Bledisloe for maybe the first time in a lifetime for a lot yeah. of young rugby fans. Touch bloody wood. Although, I'll tell you what, one thing that really shocked me in this game was the fact that Michael Wells, number mm. eight for the Rebels, was able to run down and capture Jock Campbell. Mate, Ran the motor down. on the big fella. Mate, especially as a number 11, mm. you cannot be getting no. run down by number eights. That must be a very humiliating feeling for him, thinking he's Terrible. just going to go underneath the sticks and then the big fella because you always see that I feel like in coverage you see the big fella putting in the yards you know Tyson Frizzell did it in origin I think maybe last year or the year before um, you Mate. see those guys like and they don't quite get there they like might die for the ankle tap but he monstered him I mean Mate. they scored the next phase but Mate. still a huge effort but Michael you know he was five six meters mm. behind Jock when he took the ball it was a race in acceleration, but that just shouldn't happen. Yeah. And, and I think if I was Brad Thorne, I'd be putting Jock on a couple of coat hangers, just making him run, <laughs> and just put run. Harry Wilson on his ass. Yeah. Say, if Harry catches your Jock, you're going back down to subbies. You're going back down to the yeah, hospital yeah. cup. And I'm going to tell him to flog the piss out of you every single yep. time he catches you. If Harry can catch you, Jock. He can put an elbow into the back of your head. He has to belt you. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry, Jock. Who do you get to chase well, Harry? Taniella. <laughs> I would tie Taniella and Brandon together at the wrists and they've got to catch him at the same time. Fuck, imagine those Teamwork. two boys getting hold of you. Teamwork. That I know. would be scary. It would. Look, I would much rather be tackled by, you know, Angus, Scott Young. Mm. Good, strong protestant name that i mean nothing tackles harder than an angry catholic yeah, 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 I mean. yeah now can we comfortably say the reds are the best team in the southern hemisphere errol oh you know i i haven't been following the rugby in in, in argentina mm -hmm. haven't been following the rugby in south africa mm -hmm. zambia super rugby unlocked namibia yep I mean, I hear they've got a pretty handy... The Singapore Sea Dragons as well. I hear they've got a pretty handy team this year in the Falkland Islands. I yes. think, you know, the, half of them are made up of Royal Marines, half of them are made up of Islanders. But Yep, the East Island Eagles go quite off as well. I think until the Reds play every single team in the Southern Hemisphere, I think it'd be hard. Mm, to, it's a hard thing to say. Hard thing to say, yeah. yeah. Well, look, they're looking very good, and I reckon they the Wallabies team 
might look pretty red at the end of the year. Hamish Stewart, he's been really good. He's come back in at 12 there. Nice distributing the ball. Um, yep. Love Taniella just in open space every week now. Just yep. finding the trying the try line every week. He's up over 20 Super Rugby tries. Like well, I think Howlett mate, has a record at like, like 60 or something. Like any good tight head prop, mate, you put yourself in space and you create opportunities to score tries. I mean, yeah. that is basically the other part of your role on the rugby field as a tight head prop is just to constantly look for holes in the back line. Be there with your number 10. Mm. Really try to find a bit of space mm. between Hamish and Hunter. You know, yep. just making yourself available to be popped a ball and yep. just to crash over and score yeah. some points for your team. That's basically what a tight head prop does. Mm. Really floating around with the other seagulls at Amy Park there. Mate, yeah, it looks like a pelican with a mm. gut full of abuse. Yeah. <laughs> coming I in, quite enjoyed the, coming uh, in the land on the lake. The fake out he did, like he was about to take off, go into orbit, and then do the big swan dive. And thought, mm, nah, maybe not. It's harder than it looks to do a swan dive. Take it from me, mate. It's mm. it, you're better off just doing what I think is a bit more showy and just doing the one-handed slam down. And it's going to be kept into touch by Mitch Hunt, one of the stars of the show. And it's time for celebrations for the Highlanders. They have caused the upset of the season. We were so arrogant. Yes. We didn't say the Crusaders are playing the Highlanders. We said the Crusaders will beat the Highlanders on Friday night by maybe 30 or 40. That was a discussion point. And the Highlanders not only beat the Crusaders 33 points to 12, they went down to Christchurch and beat the Crusaders 32 yes. points to 12. Yeah, mate. Look, I actually watched this game twice. I watched it live. I watched it again as they stand sport mini. And uh, look, it was just unbelievable. These are the games that get people into rugby mm. union. I mean, this game had the theatre. It had the backstory. It had just, you know, it was like a Hollywood screenplay, mm. really. I mean, this team of Highlanders... You know, a bit of a ragtag bunch from all over the islands, really, you mm. know. And then you've got this team that's supposed to be, you know, humming for 20 years, you know. The rugby benchmark. The way that rugby is is played if you want to win. And they got done at home. It was the 2019 Federal Australian Election Era. It was the unlosable game for the Crusaders. They were going to win, as we said, by 30 or 40 points. I think everyone assumed, yep. like, oh, Crusaders are going to win this. They're not losing to the Highlanders. Highlanders have been pretty average this year. Thought, no way. And then, out of nowhere, the night watchman, Mitch Hunt, brings it home yeah. for the boys. I think it would be quite insulting to the Highlanders to compare them to the Silvertail Liberal Party and mm. the Crusaders who've been kings of the jungle for years from, you know, they're made up of, of those big, big, strong farm boys from the South yeah, Island. Yeah, yeah. A decent analogy, but just... just Bit of a sledge. Executed. Bit of a yes, sledge a on the poor old Highlanders there. Yeah. I was watching this game thinking the Crusaders will come back. Like, that's okay. Crusaders will come back. They're down by 14. Crusaders will come back. Oh, they're down by... Oh, no. Oh, no. The Highlanders have scored again. Oh, yeah. that's all right. Crusaders come back. Last 10, 15 minutes of the game, Crusaders will score just like three quick tries because over the last couple of years, they have scored an absurd amount of points in the final quarter. And then they just didn't. I thought the same thing. And then and then at the 50th minute when Aaron Smoth came on the field, I thought, no, nah, no coming back from they this. Are going they have. To look, look, just, look as, as we said last week with the Waratahs, they don't have any old heads. Mm. And having Aaron Smith come on at such a critical moment at, at the 50-minute point where the game could have been won back by 
the Crusaders bringing Aaron Smith on at the 50th minute was an absolute brainwave. Mm. And I think that's what got him over the line. Yeah, a nice cool head to steer the ship. Cool heads. I was thinking about it afterwards this game because it felt a bit different and I couldn't quite figure out what it was. And then it came to me and I realised that it wasn't just assumed that the Crusaders were cleaning out properly, that they were securing mm. the ball properly, that every single pass was just flat or backwards out of the hand. It was almost like... I don't know. They were being refereed like any other team and down in Christchurch as well. Mm. It was really weird. Look, I think the Crusaders have put a bit of a curse on their home stadium by selling off the name rights to Orange Theory. Well, it's gym, isn't it? It is. No, but this it's it isn't just a gym. It's one of those fucking gyms where they you, you know like they do all this shit like teamwork they put your photo up on the wall they have classes oh, they have an yeah. instagram feed where they put you and your sweaty fucking body up there being like look how far this champions come in six weeks <laughs> look i and just pissed just myself like, in a gym class exactly oh i've got a heart rate monitor strapped around my fucking chest on an erg machine i'm a fucking tax accountant mm. You don't need that shit. It's in, a family it just, gym. It, it bring, It's not a family gym. It's no, because you fucking, become part of the family, the Orange Theory family. Uh, Orange Theory, Rockatoka family. Look, I, I think that the Crusaders need to address the, the fact that they've let mm. this happen and they might need to lift the curse. I mean, it's just, it brings such an air of negativity and I fucking hope that Orange Theory don't sponsor this podcast because you, the punter, will never hear this. I'm not going to wet myself in the podcast if they do that. But anyway, look, those uh, those Highlanders, they, they sure showed us, and I bet they showed even their own fans. Mm. I mean, this is this is the type of reaction that I think we might see from the Waratahs when old Hoops gets back from Japan, maybe if Iceman gets bored of fucking destroying the Barrett <laughs> brothers over there. Uh, maybe Sorry, when the, <laughs> Maybe when they come back... To the Waratahs, the Waratahs might do a big lift and and mm. fuck the Reds up. Yeah, shout out to Ben and Foley for going and putting a big shot on Bowden Barrett over the weekend. Big that late was shot mad. too. I know that was late. He uh, speaking of guilty people, you know, I know Ice Man. I've I've had a couple beers with him, and, and look, I I can see in his eyes that he had zero fucking interest in charging that ball down. <laughs> None. He made sure he he got his fucking hip e-height and just was like oh i missed the ball oh i'm airborne and just put the tip of his hip mm -hmm. into Bodhi's fucking temple and was like oh what happened oh no i i was looking at the ball Whoops. oh fuck <laughs> sorry this is what you guys were doing to me for fucking five straight <laughs> lettuce load just putting late hits on me oh, how does it feel to get yeah. fucking knocked over and feel yeah. like shit he would get tackled so late that the sun was still up in perth <laughs> When he got tackled. <laughs> now, just quickly back to the Highlanders. Their win was made even more impressive because of the six boys who got suspended for the house party. Yeah, well, well you know, that's just Kiwi rugby for mm. you. They got suspended because they had a house party and the police were called on the Friday night. This was after the Hurricanes game. Mm -hmm. Police got called. The neighbours made some complaints and said they were very noisy and there were some people who had their shirts off and were being silly. Um, and they got suspended for that. Well, maybe they should not have a travel babble with us mm. moving forward because God knows... There'll be a lot of blokes with their lids off in mm. Queenstown. The second game over there in New Zealand over the weekend was the Blues and the Hurricanes, 
was a wasn't a greatest game yeah. of footy really. It was basically the Blues versus Jody Barrett. Mm. Same and again, yeah. same again, and, and the Blues came out look, on top because fifteen men beat one man. Up inside the twenty-two for the Blues, Black. Up the bat for Ioane Rico. Ioane trying to get around the outside and link up with Talia on the wing. Ball runs down in the corner, and the Blues go side to side into end. Talia finishes it off. And the Canes losing two of their loose forwards in the first half of ten minutes didn't really help either. Yeah, that seemed like a stiff, stiff call. They're blowing up about that. They would, yeah, Hurricanes, coaches you know, and fans. Rightly so. Penalty try and a yellow card and potentially. Artie came through the middle of that mall as a back. I don't really know what all that stuff's about. Yeah, but I think apparently I, he came through the middle and it was actually legal. And then they sent him to the bench for 10 and uh, gave the penalty try. Well, I am very surprised that, you know, the powers that be haven't made it illegal to jump over a ruck. You, mm-hmm. you know, like you do, you do see, you know, loose forwards and backs, you know, try and do their best Torval and Dean and, run up and take a big jump over a ruck, but the look, Superman. I mean, they've made everything else in this once great game illegal, you know, mm. why not that? It was interesting to see uh, a Kiwi commentator over the weekend was actually blowing up and going berserk about that decision. Yeah. He then gave Australian rugby one of the biggest, most backhanded compliments. He said he can't wait for the Trans-Tasman comp to start so New Zealand rugby gets to have... Angus Gardner and Nick Berry, the two Australian referees, officiate games because he reckons Kiwi refs are shit at the moment. So he wants <laughs> Australian refs to come and uh, take over the reins of some games. It's not like they're not excited. He says, oh, not a lot of Kiwi fans will be looking forward to the uh, the standard that will get played by yeah. the Australian teams, but it'll be great to see the Australian refs come over. How cheap is that? Well, Wendell, it, that kind of reminds me of a story I was told by mm. a Kiwi Um at the pub once over in London. He said a man was venturing to the deepest, darkest corners of the world, the deepest jungles, coldest ice caps, longest, widest glaciers, highest mountain peaks. What does he find when he gets there? I don't know, Errol, pot of gold? An Australian. (laughs) And what's behind him? A fucking Kiwi. A fucking Kiwi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think this is what happens when you leave Kiwis alone for too long. They start saying crazy things like this. Mm. Yeah, well, look, it's the little brother complex that they have, and I don't think they'll ever lose it no matter what happens. Now, we'll take a quick look at the week ahead. Rebels versus the Force down at Amy Park on mm-hmm. Friday night. Seagulls out and about. The cowbells ringing. Yeah, mate. That's definitely one to watch. From the comfort of your living room um, mm. on Stan Sport, unless you live around the corner, then by all means um, head down there with the Fin Review. Yep, yeah, yeah. Catch a catch a bit of the Rebels in the Force. Would be interesting yep. to see what happens there with the boys, because on Saturday night we get the top of the table clash for the title, potentially the interim title, potentially of yep. the best team in the Southern Hemisphere, mm-hmm. Reds versus Brumbies at Suncorp. Should get a big, big crowd in there. This is going to be the ultimate test of both teams. I mean, the Brumbies are historically good on the road. Mm. Reds are historically shaky on the road, but this season has proven otherwise. I think the Brumbies have what it takes to pip the Reds at home, but Reds will be very, very, very hard to beat at Suncorp. But as we saw this week, these things can happen. We saw the Crusaders get pipped at home. It's anyone's game. Your Brumbies, my Reds, Saturday night. That will be 
a yep. humdinger of a game. Wallabies trial as well. You know, we get to see Wallabies trial. Yep, get to see Pasami and Ikatao, Jock and Lolaseo, White Tate. A lot of ramifications, I think, for the Wallabies. I'm actually booked on the plane to go to Brisbane this weekend, so I might get some Ooh tickets. Oh, la la. Caxton Street up to Suncorp. Yep. Have a little ride around on Johnny Ringo's. Being throttled into unconsciousness by an undercover cop out the front of lefties. Oh, yes. That takes me back. Can I book a ticket to that too, please? Yep. Watch me be... s- just just watch me cough and beg as some fucking huge guy with a neck tat and a fucking handgun on his hip. Choke me out just because I'm wearing a Brumbies top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I won't be uh, I wouldn't be stepping in to defend you there. Then we've got the Highlanders and the Chiefs in Dunedin. Yeah. Play off a third place probably. Yeah, but you, you know, it is always such a novelty to see rugby played indoors, so mm. I'll probably be tuning into that one too. Yeah, love it in the greenhouse. And the Hurricanes are going to feel the blowback from that Crusaders loss on Saturday. I'm yeah. going to comfortably say I reckon the Crusaders definitely win this one, and I reckon they win this one by 30. I'm going to uh, double down. Yeah, look, look, I think what we saw on the weekend might be a symptom of something a bit more extensively wrong with the Crusaders, but I say that, and, you know, I've been taking my crazy pills this morning, so I'm probably wrong, but I reckon it would be a fair assessment to say that the Crusaders would win, but I don't think they're going to win by much. Mm, you reckon there's some structural issues That's there my the tip, Crusaders? Yep. I think they've gotten a bit stale, and I think they probably should have changed mm. their name a couple of years ago as they were planning to. They're going to what were they going to change it to? The fucking... Teletubbies or fuck. Yeah, yeah. I think they were the horse riders, maybe. Yeah, horse. The, the passive horse riders. Crusaders. The equestrians, maybe. Quite a negative. Christchurch equestrians. Well, mate, I'm no history teacher, but I'm pretty sure that all of the Crusades failed. Especially the third one. That was just a bunch of kids that ended up in North Africa being traded off as slaves. Well, look, I mean, their last couple of Crusades, the last couple of modern Crusades, Crusades have done all right. Historically, are for losers. Yeah. They, I mean, they fucking walk all the way to the Holy Land to get fucking done over. So definitely, not many fucking Christians in the Crusaders <laughs> either. I tell you what, no, uh, having been out with them a few times, <laughs> not judging by what they get up to on their tours no. either. They they like to have a, yeah. they like to do some unchristian things. And have I'll a tell you fun. what, they should have called themselves. They should, they should have called themselves the Bad News Boys. <laughs> <laughs> Righto, some Batuta Mutz news. Obviously, had the week off for Easter yep. there. Um, thankfully, the coaches and, and you guys, Errol, you spared us the friggin' the Saturday morning gym session in the middle of the Easter weekend. You just told us yeah. take the weekend off. No, um, no, I think uh, I think there's a fine line between playing amateur rugby and playing social rugby. I think the best type of rugby in this world is is social rugby. Mm. Like the lower the grade, the better it is to watch. Yep. You know, really. Speaking of which, the Shoot Shield and Hospital Cup. Yeah, that also starts starting this weekend. This weekend. Yep. Looking forward to learning a few new names. Mm. You know, a few up and comers. And you know, I, I I see this as an opportunity to brush up on my geography in Sydney. Yeah, no. Look, I'm looking forward to that. I think it'll be great to see anyone but uni, as they say. And, yep. and we've got our first game round one against Paduri. Uh First grade really need to make a statement. Yep. Been a pretty pretty lackluster uh, preseason, so we need to need to get a win after some of the trials that we've had. And um, reserve grade and Colts obviously looking to get the win too. Yep. And your women's team. Should be good against Baduri, I reckon. Yeah, mate. The women's team's looking the best they've ever looked. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I think this year is going to be our year. Best team in the club in the moment, I'd say, for sure. Oh, looking easy, promising. Mate. Looking promising. And, mate, um, I'd I'm put excited. them against the Colts. They'd win. Those Colts. 
See lot, a lot of bankers' sons in that yeah, team. Yeah, yeah, a lot of spindly little high yep. school kids who just a lot finished. Of, uh, a lot of overalls, if you know mm. what I mean. Yeah, big, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big blokes with fucking big nipples the size yeah, yeah. of dinner plates, you know, big soft boys. Terrible yeah, real, cardiovascular real fitness. Real smooth hand kind of guys. Like, 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 go to the pub, buy a pack of town smokes and have them in a single night, 10 beers, and then turn up on Tuesday with fucking pigeons in their head flying into windows. You know, yep. the, the Colts team this year is looking disappointing. But it's always know. looking disappointing. We need more respect from the Colties. They need to respect the club. They do. It is the Batuta Mutts, you know? Anyway, do not get me started on the, uh, the Colties at the club this year. We will wrap up. For another week, thanks for your company. Hopefully, you enjoy the footy over the weekend. If you are playing, hopefully, you get the win. If you are watching, hopefully, your team gets the win. Hopefully, you enjoy it. Of course, all of Super Rugby AU and Aotearoa is live yeah. on Stan Sport. Shoot Shield and Hospital Cup, all of the games on Stan Sport as well. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of rugby coming up, and we look forward to talking to you about it again next week. See ya.